Hi guys, and welcome to episode 62 of the Optical View podcast. Today I have on Ligrid Sediku. Ligrid is top of the top in terms of wrestling. He has been there, done that, and competed at the highest stage. Even winning the Canadian team trials. He is also a 2-0 amateur MMA fighter. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And as always, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. I'm super excited to be joined with Ligrid Sadiku. How's it going, Ligrid? Good, man. How are you? I'm so excited for this episode. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Before we get into some of the juicy stuff and a little bit about you, I have some quick rapid-fire questions for you. Sure. All right, first one. What's your favorite genre of music? Uh, I'd say rap. What's your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, I think that uh, probably my my discipline. Discipline, okay. What do you think is the best gift that you've ever received? Uh, it's probably uh, an Xbox 360 back when I was a kid when it first came out. I love it. I'm going to flip it around. What do you think is the best gift that you ever gave? Uh, actually, this year... Um, we had one of our athletes that we coach was kind of struggling financially and couldn't afford wrestling boots. So, uh, uh, my fellow, like, uh, coach Alex here, uh, Alex Mauer, me and him got him a pair of shoes and that felt really good to kind of help him out. That's incredible. Do you have a favorite quote? If you do, what is it? Uh, everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's my last guest said too. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's good. If- if a movie ever gets made about you, who would you want to play you in the movie? Um, I don't know if you know uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, uh, the guy from yeah from Narcos and stuff. I, I'd say him, especially when I used to rock a mustache. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any tattoos? If you do, what's your favorite? If you don't, would you ever consider getting one? If so, of what? I don't have any, but I do want to get some one day, but I have no clue what it would be. So until I do, until I figure it out, I, I don't plan to get any, but I would like one eventually. Nice. I love it. This next segment, again, staying on the rapid fire part of the questions here, this or that. Okay. Audiobook or podcast? Uh, podcast. Hot or cold weather? Hot, for sure. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning or night person? Uh, morning. Tacos or burgers? Burgers. Pancakes or waffles? I'll go with waffles. Soup or salad? I'll do soup. Soup. Introverted or extroverted? I'd say more introverted. Okay. My favorite one, pizza or pasta? Oh, that's easy for me. Pizza. Yeah, pizza is the go-to for everybody. <laughs> Let's get into it, Ligrid. Who are you? What do you do? Um, I'm a former Canadian Olympic team member and uh, currently a amateur MMA fighter and wrestling coach. Perfect. I want to. I want to get started with your wrestling background first. Sure. Uh, how did you get into that, and and where were you when you got into that? So uh, I was always into kind of like. Uh, like fighting stuff like that like it just me, me and my brother and like my 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 family were always kind of into that kind of stuff and i was a big wwe fan growing up actually and then uh i basically just fell in love with that kind of sport any combat sport really and i i uh i found that there's a wrestling team i'm from prince edward island actually so it's a small place so you don't have too many opportunities for sports sometimes especially like wrestling but uh in Grade nine, I, I saw there was a team at my school and I, and I joined it and then I just completely fell in love with it. And where did that wrestling journey in PEI take you? So I actually, um, it's it's funny because it's just, in PEI, it's, again, it's a small place. We don't have the, you know, the high level coaches that like places like Ontario would have or the partners, right? Like my partner, my training partner was my current girlfriend, you know, it's not ideal for someone trying to make it to the highest level. So I actually had to, uh, I did decent like in PEI, like I did well, but then in, in uh, high school, I actually transferred schools and went to live with my aunt and uncle in London, Ontario, just to kind of get that edge to train with, uh, I trained on London Western, the Western wrestling team. 
mm-hmm. um, just to kind of, you know, level up because I, I knew that if I, if I stayed on the island, I wasn't going to make it to the goals I was trying to achieve. So it, it's, that's kind of how it started. And then it took me, you know, wrestling took me all over the world and amazing experiences, met so many people. Yeah. So you moved your whole life in the pursuit to get better at wrestling? Yeah, for sure. And it, it wasn't easy. Like, uh, from my, I come from a, uh, we're like, my family, we're Albanian and we're very tight knit. It's not, it's very odd to kind of like move away from your family, especially at a young age like I did. And it wasn't easy for me or my family, but I just, I, I knew it was something I had to do. Like, just basically, yeah, I packed up and in grade 12, too. So I was still in school. Like, I had to go to a new school and had to make all new friends. Like, it, it was definitely a tough time. I'm so proud of myself for doing that. And um, I don't think I would be, where I am today in my athletic career if I didn't do that. So how did your family, the, the family you had in PEI, how, how, what was their initial reaction to, to what you wanted to do? And did they support you with it? They, they did support me for sure. They, they knew like, like I ideally, you know, uh, they're pretty, we come from a simple family, just, you know, grow up, uh, go to work, have kids, have a family. Like they did. It's really odd in my family to kind of pursue a goal like this. But they knew that it was my dream to, you know, make it to the highest level I could in, in wrestling. So they supported me 100%. Mm-hmm. So after high school in Ontario here, after grade 12, you know, what what was your next step? You went to Western for wrestling? Yeah, so I went to Western for my first year of wrestling. Um, I did pretty well there. I, um, basically, I went there because, like, I mean, no, I didn't really have a name in Ontario, right? I'm from PEI. Nobody, you know, nobody pays attention. Nobody's going to recruit you from PEI, right? So it was like, but then what London, Western, they, they saw a lot of potential in me. And so they, they did a good job, uh, you know, recruiting me and having me stay there. I only did one year there, actually, though. I ended up uh, moving to St. Catharines, where I am now, and then finished my degree at Brock. So I was only at Western for one year. Mm. Why the switch to Brock? So a few reasons. Uh, obviously, Brock is like the number one school in Canada. I, I knew I had to, if I wanted to get even better, I had to, you know, be be around the best people in the in the country, as well as like, I don't know. It's uh, it just like the 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 vibe at Western. It, it was good and all, but like it's just it wasn't it wasn't like people in there didn't have the same goals as me. Like there was people in there just doing it like recreation, which is cool, but like. I find like when I, you know, I, I like to surround myself with people, with the same goals, like everybody at Brock in that room wants to go to the Olympics. And that drives me so much versus like going somewhere where people won't want to do any extra work because they prioritize other things like make, let's say partying and stuff like that. So I think that was a big thing for me. Now I have to know what was some of the similarities and differences in terms of the actual training and coaching that you had between the two schools, Western and Brock. Um, so it's a good question. Uh, like, I'd say the coaching at Western was a lot more, I'd say maybe like, maybe more lax. Like it was a lot less individual, like, like focus and, and the partners weren't as, you know, high level as Brock. And, um, and at Brock is just like, it's crazy. It's just like uh, the coaches there are so, so like driven and they, they want their athletes to do well. They focus on the athletes and they do individual work. They do the team practices and everything is just i'd say it's just the coaching is huge and just having again the people around you that we all drive each other and push each other hard like i had like a brock like there's like me and like four other guys in my weight that we're all like the top five in the country and just going at it every day in the room and we got to wrestle on the weekend like it was it's kind of an awkward situation sometimes right because you guys are you know we're in there wrestling each other but we're also going to compete this weekend compete at the olympic trials like it, it stuff like that just being around the best in the country i think was big that kind of brings up another question i had did you ever have to compete against one of your own i guess teammates oh yeah multiple times like like all the time like i had multiple teammates from there again it was like five of us at at was 125 we wrestled and every like almost like any tournament we'd have to compete against each other like and same with like at the nationals or the olympic trials like i have to always compete against my teammates it, again it sucked but like it's it's just part of the part of the game right it's it's different than mma right i mean you, you kind of can choose who you fight but in wrestling it's like whoever's in front of you that's that's who you got to go against whether it's your friend or teammate whatever it is so it, i did a lot of that for sure like with whether like uh it be like a teammate from brock or even like an old teammate from western it, it, i did a lot of that and it, it wasn't easy but it had to get done 
did your mindset change if you were wrestling a teammate or a former teammate? Uh, depends on, I guess it would depend on how we did with the, in the room against them. So like, like, again, we wrestle every day hard, like, like against each other. We know each other's moves. We know what we're good at. We know what we're bad at. And, and that's, I'll, I'll be honest. I had pretty good success in the Brock room. Like I was the top dog, I'd say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, so I, I guess I was confident going in any matches against my teammates because I knew and, you know, they knew that what happens in the room will probably happen in the tournament. So I, I was pretty confident. But if I, if again, if it was the other way around where maybe they're beating me, it'd be tough. It'd be, it'd be really, really hard for sure. Mm. And being at 125, did you ever have to cut weight? Yeah, for sure. I, I was a big 125er. What was that weight cut like for you? And did they have the hydration testing in effect? No, they didn't uh, have any of that in effect, especially back when I was in, like a few years ago. It was like, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of like you're on your own. That's the, I find, I, I noticed that too. It was like the coaches weren't really responsible and they to like to, for your cut is like, you're not, you're high level wrestler. Now you should know how, what you're doing. So it was like, I had to figure a lot of it out on my own. And I, I'm a guy who like, I really, really, really got, I want to get that edge, you know, like any way I can get it, obviously naturally. So like, I would look up how to properly cut weight, how to rehydrate, anything that I can do to get that 1% edge over my opponents. Like I was into that. So. Well, now we're on the topic of weight cutting. Do you think weight cutting is, is good or should, what would they be able to do to help the safety of weight cutting in wrestling and, and also in, in, in fighting as well? So I'll be, I hate weight cutting. I hate it so much. It's like the worst part of the combat sports. Like it makes it, it's already, they're already really, really hard sports, right? MMA, wrestling, grappling, all the, they're so hard, kickboxing, anything, but add a weight cutting to it. It's like, wow, this hard sport just got twice as hard. So I really don't, I'm not a fan of it. Obviously it's part of the sport and I have no choice but to do it. And what wrestling actually did, um, I can't remember what year it was, but they implemented day of weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. And that made it even harder, especially me as a big 125 or made it even harder because now I got two hours to recover from my weight cut. So now you had to change it a bit. You had to do more of a diet, maybe less of a water cut. So that's what they did to to kind of kind of help with safety. I wouldn't say they, that it's doing much because people are just now they're just cutting the night before and then going to bed super dehydrated, having an awful sleep, waking up, weighing in, then wrestling two hours later. You know, so like they tried. That's what they're trying to do, trying to trying to make it safer so people will cut less. But I, I don't think it really worked. Some people went up weight classes, but like a lot of people just including myself back then just had to kind of tweak my cutting a little bit. Yes. Yes. Did you ever switch weight classes? Yeah, I did. Like, so it's like, uh, they go in kilos in wrestling. So it's 57 kilos, which is 125, then it's 61, then 65. And then the thing about wrestling is that there's certain Olympic weights. So 57 and 65 were the two Olympic weights. So you like, you couldn't go 61, to go to the Olympics, for example. So it's kind of like if you're in that in between where you're like a small 65 and a big 57, it's it's a bad position. Like that's where I was. I was a big 57 kilo wrestler, but like I was too small for 65. So like it, it's like then I had to just cut down. So I did switch a lot though, like between 57, 61, and I did 65 before too. So I did switch around, but but when it comes to like the national team and stuff, I knew 57 was the one I had to make. Wow. Did you ever have any type of health scares when you were cutting weight? No, no, I didn't. Again, I did a good job doing it properly for sure. I know there's some, some uh, young athletes who don't know what, how they how to do it. Right. And then they just go in the sauna for hours on end and starve themselves. So I did, I made sure I did it right. So I'm, I'm, uh, I was always healthy doing it. Yes. Yes. Now I want to go back to this Brock room that you were talking about and how you mentioned everybody in that room had a similar mindset to go to the very top, the very pinnacle of amateur wrestling. I mean, it's called, it's considered amateur wrestling, but you yeah. know, it's, not, it's high level wrestling as high as you can get. For sure. Right? Yeah. Um, did you ever make it to the, the Olympic team? So in 2019, the uh, Olympic trials, this is my first Olympic trials, what I was training for my whole life. Um, I, uh, I, I ended up win ended up winning it, which was amazing. Like I was like so happy. Like I like I remember like I see videos. I celebrated so hard. I'm not a big celly guy. Like I don't celebrate that much. I don't know why, but I couldn't contain myself whenever I won that. And I, I actually had to face a teammate in the semis again. It's like we've taken each other's dreams, right? It's it's it, it is hard, but like it is what it is. But yeah, no, it, it, it's uh, I made it to the Olympic team, 
And then I, so the thing in wrestling is when you make it to the Olympic team, you have to qualify your weight. So like every region, like, so let's say there's like a, every uh, continent has their own qualifier. So the European one, there's an Asian one. And then there's like an uh, American one, like North American, South American. So I had to go to the, it was a Pan Am championships and you had to make top two to qualify for the Olympics. And I, uh, I actually didn't, I didn't make it, unfortunately. So that's, uh, that's why I'm, you know, I didn't end up going to the Olympics, sadly, but I made it to the Olympic team, which was a huge goal for me. Wow. So what happened, what happened after that? Did you continue to pursue the Olympics? No, like that literally around that time is when COVID hit and lockdowns were going around. Right. So I, I uh, Ontario was pretty shut down. And then, so I moved back uh, to Prince Edward Island for, it was like, I was there for like a year and like, like I was like, still had all my stuff in Ontario. I was paying rent here, even though I was living out there. Cause I just, there was more freedom out there cause it was a smaller place and it wasn't as, uh, there wasn't too many like cases and stuff, you know what I mean? So it wasn't as locked down and I could still train and stuff. So I ended up, I moved back and then, uh, didn't really pursue the wrestling much again because everything was shut down, including wrestling in Canada. Like even Brock, they couldn't train or anything. Right. So it was like, it was a pretty bad timing as, as far as like wrestling and Olympics goes. So, I didn't, uh, I didn't really pursue it after that. I kind of, that's when I started kind of diving into MMA actually. So you started to train, I guess, MMA while you were in PEI. Yeah. Whenever I could, it was like, it was like, I wouldn't say I, I kind of still did trained wrestling, but like I was, uh, I was, I was kind of thinking that I'm thinking of making the transition. You know what I mean? So I was kind of in between transitions at that point. So I wasn't, I was kind of doing it like just while, you know, while I could, while stuff was open and stuff and I was doing, I was starting MMA and then I was also still wrestling. I, my girlfriend, who's a the wrestler, still, still wrestling Olympic hopeful this year. Um, so me and her trained a lot. We uh, trained together while I was home and stuff. So I, uh, I still did train, but I, I was again in, in between transitioning MMA. So it was a lot going on at that time. It was a, it was a tough time in my life, to be honest, like figuring out what I want to do, you know, do I want to continue wrestling? Cause wrestling is like in four year cycles, right? Yes. So it's like, it's like, it's kind of, for me, I find it's, it's if you're not going to do it for the whole four years to go to the Olympics, I'm not, I don't see a huge point. So I was like, I either should transition now to MMA or give it another four years. So I'd, and then I ended up deciding to transition MMA. Mm. So does that, does that, I guess, mm, that you had uh, of, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned being on the Olympic trials, but being on the actual, team and getting that chance to qualify once again does that dream still like weigh on you it does actually like like a bit like um i i love wrestling so much like as much as i do mma still like i, I still go to the brock room here and there and uh you know help my girlfriend prepare for her uh competitions and like train with my old teammates and stuff and like i still when i go there i'm like man i i miss it i miss this kind of grind and stuff it's a little different than mma the grind i don't know what it is but it's just it's a little different and i i, I definitely miss it and you know, this Olympic trials are in uh, Edmonton this December and I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, not saying I'm doing it, you know, but we'll see. You know, I never, I never know. Never. So you might still, you might still get out there and, and try. Yeah. I, I got, I, I like, I guess I still go to the Brock room and I, I, you know, I still got it. So. <laughs> Do you have to be part of a club in order to wrestle for the Olympic trials? Yeah. Um, actually, I'm not sure because uh, I think you can go unaffiliated, but as far as I know, most people are in a club. So I'm 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 not 100 percent sure on that, but I, I would say probably though. Mm. And what club would you be representing then? I'd be representing Brock still. Like I still have a great relationship with the coaches, great relationship with my teammates. Like they were, they were, they were, you know, they were upset that I uh, I kind of stopped wrestling, right? Because like so much wrestling is one of those sports where you do peak late. There's like the guys that are on top are like over 30. So mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, I know that if I, if I kept with it, I probably, you know, you know, I could still do well. So they were, they were really like hoping that I would keep going, but they, they supported me either way. And now I'm very curious here. How does that work in terms of finances, right? Are you getting grants from the government or do you have to do your own thing? Maybe a side job or, or et cetera to kind of make money. So when I was a student, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I got, you know, some scholarship money. And then uh, there's also carding, um, Ontario carding. They give you like, uh, it's not much. They give you like five grand once a year. But then if you get, if you make the national team, which is what I did, you get nationally carded, which is pretty good. They, uh, it's like, it's a, they they give you like, I think it's five grand towards schooling. And then it's uh, 
seventeen hundred dollars a month for the year. So it is it's, it does it does a a good job at you know keeping keeping the athletes able to to train full time without working. So yes, I'd love to know what a week of that intense training would look like for you, as well as also the nutrition and diet that goes into it. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's basically wake up Monday morning. We'd we'd all you know go into the Brock room and it's a individual technique for about an hour. So it's like group of whoever goes in, whoever wants to go in, whoever can go in. And then you usually schedule the partner. Like I'd have like, like Monday, I'd have a certain teammate, Tuesday, I have a certain teammate, Wednesday, a certain teammate, Thursday, a certain teammate, you know, like we all kind of like organized it so that we'd, we'd always get time, you know, to train the individual technique. I think it's really important to have that one-on-one focus. Like let's say Saturday, we usually do matches and let's say something didn't go right for me at my match day. I couldn't finish a single leg or something. I can go in that Monday morning and say, Hey coach, man, I don't know what happened. I, don't I couldn't finish this. Well, why, why, what happened here? Like, why couldn't I finish it? Or what, why did this happen? Like, and then you could kind of work through it. So any mistakes or anything I wanted to work on, they were always there to give individual focus in the mornings. So that, that's what I would do every morning. So like Monday to Thursday, we do that. So Monday morning, it was that. And then we would do weights few times a week too so it was like that then right to weights and then you know recover and then uh you know i usually had class or something but and then the evening practice would be at 4 p.m and that's like a hard dinger practice like straight up like just super hard live goes you know fighting tooth and nail like every practice and then same thing basically monday tuesday wednesday thursday was pretty similar weights were only uh i think they were just on tuesdays and Friday, actually, Tuesday and Friday were the weights. So it was like a couple times a week. And then every morning was morning technique, along with the actual practice at 4 p.m. Wow. Yeah. And then Saturday morning was matches simulation, basically, right? You simulate a tournament, you get in, you warm up on your own, you figure out who's, you know, who's one, two, and three, whatever matches you have. And then you just wrestle full matches on Saturday, singlets and all. Wow. So Sunday day off? Yeah, Sunday was the day off, and like, and I really made sure to cherish those days. As I think it's re- recovery is really important if you want to, make, you know, keep healthy. I'm very grateful that I'm super healthy still. Like, I don't have any injuries. Like some teammates I know, I don't have any issues. Like I'm super, like I could jump in at any moment. I'm super healthy. So, and the Brock also did an amazing job with the like. They still do. That's I think one thing actually that about Western that didn't have this. The uh, athletic trainers, there's like, there's always student trainers that are with you at Brock all year, right? And like, after every practice, I would get, whether it's be a massage or icing, ice tub or like sauna, whatever, it's just, there's always, always something that they can do for you. And so it, it kept the longevity. So I, I, I really utilized that more than most people. I was always in there. People joke around. I was like, he's, this guy's always first in line to get a massage. I'm like, I, don't, I just showered right to the recovery room. So I wanted to make sure that I was good for the next day. And what was Fridays? So Fridays is usually weights. That's, weights. that's yeah, just the weights in the morning. Weights. And what what would your cardio be? Would your cardio just be the goes and the and the live matches? Sometimes we in the days when I say weights, there's sometimes they will do circuits and stuff as well. So okay. they did some of that then, but I'd say most of it was from the live goes. Mm, I guess that's the best form of cardio, right? Actually, like yeah, what's anyway? Right? <laughs> Now, I'm curious how this transition to MMA went for you, right? From being an extremely high-level wrestler, the highest that you can get, the pinnacle of wrestling, to now transitioning to amateur MMA. Um, so, basically, it was super easy, actually, because, so, um, I don't know, you know Chris Prickett, the Niagara Top Team uh, head coach there? Yep. He, uh, he was my coach at Brock. He was our coach. He was the assistant coach to Marty Calder, the head coach there. So we worked. I have a huge history with him, right? We we worked together quite a bit. And then he opened a gym, so it was super easy for me to transition because that's my that's my coach. Like I know him. He knows me well. I know him well. He knows me as an athlete well. So it's kind of like it was good timing of me transitioning because he opened. He you know he started a gym, so that 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 made the transition quite easy. Mm. And this is this is after you moved back to Ontario. Yeah, yeah, this would be after like around maybe 2021 or something like that, after I moved back and everything was all good with the COVID and stuff. So, what was the decision to move back after COVID for PEI if it was no longer wrestling? Sorry, from PEI? Yes. So, uh, there was, I think it started up around that time. That's why we moved back because we might like, again, um, I wanted to get, you know, train Ontario where, you know, the best 
best rooms in Canada are. And then my girlfriend, Hannah, also, you know, had to get back to the Brock room. So once they opened up, we things got back to normal. And that's so we moved back. Mm. So what's your record now as an amateur fighter? So I'm 2-0 and right now. 2-0. and And do you see yourself as the plan or goal to go pro? Yeah, um, I, I'd like to for sure. It, it's um, something I, I want to do. I, I probably could have done it off the bat, but I just, I wanted to get some, you know, some ring time. So, because it's a whole new sport. I, I didn't know how I was going to react when I went into the cage. Like, I could have froze. I don't know. So I really wanted to make sure I get at least a couple amateur fights in um, before I go pro. So, yeah, it's still something I want to try to do. And um, I think I'm I'm probably ready to do it. So, yeah. So do you think your next fight will be a pro fight? I wouldn't say no to an amateur fight. Like if I can get an amateur fight, I would love to. But like odds are I'm probably not going. It's a lot harder, especially with my wrestling credentials to get amateur fights. Like um, my first guy I fought, he was three and oh, like that. That was scary to me. Right. I'm like, what the hell? Like uh, I want to face a guy who's zero, you know, zero and zero like me. So like that's just the guys I had to fight. So um, most likely it'd probably be pro. Yeah. Do you have a time frame for that? Uh not really to be honest i, I kind of a big uh, big summer coming up big year so i'm not really looking for anything at the moment but um possibly again it, it, there's a lot of decisions in my life right it all depends like do i want to do the olympic trials now in december because if i do i have to focus strictly wrestling right so um it all depends on my decisions there it could be if it could be early early next year it could be later this year i, I i'm actually no clue at the moment mm. And you also mentioned you were a coach at Niagara Top Team as well. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a wrestling program there. Um, just opened up actually maybe half a year ago. Like, uh, And then um, we, you know, we we do pretty well. Uh, I love coaching. It's just like a huge passion of mine to, to teach what I know. So it's going very well. I mean, silly question here, but fair assumption to think that you're coaching wrestling? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and... How is the jiu-jitsu side of it for you? Are you able to grasp that fairly quickly due to the fact that it's still grappling? Yeah, I, I, I like it came so naturally to me for uh, jiu-jitsu. Like, like whether even not only the top game, but I, I even love you know playing some like bottom game jiu-jitsu. Like, I love leg locks, like stuff like that, and which is really odd for a wrestler to be on his back, right? I'm like, I just, I don't know, just everything grappling to me just clicks. Like, I, 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 I enjoy it a lot, and I, I'm. I pick it up fairly quickly. So yeah, it, it came quickly. And now I want to talk a little bit about this, this precision wrestling camps that, that I think you and Alex came up with, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk to me a little bit about that. What was the idea from and what's the goal with it? So we, we were thinking of doing this stuff for a while. Cause like, I, I don't know. So me and Alex just, we're just again, very passionate coaches and we, we think the same way. We, we have a similar style of coaching, similar style of wrestling. Um, both similar size and weight class. So like we always wanted to do like camps and I've done multiple camps before for like, whether it be Ontario wrestling organization, just like a, a high school camp or, or Ontario winter games camp or something like that. And tons of camps in PEI. When I go back, they're always asking for camps. Right. And so um, we, we, we were looking to do this for a while. We just kind of, I don't know, didn't, didn't have the place to do it really. And then NTT Niagara top team was a, kind of whenever we got that new big gym because it was in a smaller gym before it kind of kind of like it was like hey we could actually get these camps going and it is weird in, in wrestling like i noticed like in jiu-jitsu like a lot there's you know you look around there's seminars here seminars there like it's really odd not i don't know if it's it's odd but it's in the culture of wrestling it is kind of weird to kind of monetize um coaching and seminars and camps it's it just not done as much i'm not sure why to be honest just the culture of it. Like I, I've done, I've done a lot of seminars and camps just, just because like, just cause I want to, I want to coach and I want to teach people. And so I don't know, we, we, we came up with the idea of doing this, these camps. And then the first one was a great success. Like it was, it was so awesome. Like it was great. It was fun for us too. And just went awesome. So where it's like, Hey, like let's, you know, let's keep doing these camps and, you know, getting, getting wrestling out there because I, I do think sometimes it is it's lacking in jujitsu in the jiu-jitsu world. And um, we want to basically be the guys to bring it out, bring the wrestling out and show people the importance of it. Cause it's, it's a huge part of grappling. I think. Yes. Um, I did want to touch a little bit on the differences of 
wrestling for like wrestling versus wrestling for MMA. But let me hold off on that for just a second here. For these camps, do you think this is something that you would move around the country? Oh yeah, hundred percent. That that's obviously the end goal. Like it'd be amazing to to do that. Like it, whether we you know we fly out somewhere and do a camp, like stuff like that. We we've been talking about that for sure. Like that's that'd be that'd be amazing. Be the the dream for sure. Uh, for this uh for our camps yeah 100 percent. and what goes into the promotion of these camps because obviously starting up and and you just mentioned you've only had one event so far it must be tough to try and promote that to other people outside of niagara top team yeah no it's definitely tough um i i think just just the more people that realize how important the wrestling is, I think it, it's, it's what's going to do the, the promoting itself as obviously we can promote on social media and stuff, but I think the people who realize that whether it be MMA fighters, because we're looking to even attract MMA fighters either. Yeah. Whether it be MMA fighters or grapplers, like I think just them knowing the, the importance of wrestling in their grappling it is going to kind of like do the promotion promoting itself because it's just nobody really offers this kind of thing unless like sometimes some jiu-jitsu clubs have a wrestling class but kind of rarely they might have like one or two a week but like i think just getting this high level knowledge like in these camps i think is gonna is gonna elevate a lot of people's game so i think that's what's kind of going to do the promoting when's the next one do you have the next one scheduled yeah it's uh 14th of may so it's coming up pretty quickly then yeah yeah it's a couple weeks it's uh it's a friend headlock focused so it's Every camp we're kind of doing a theme. So like last one was high percentage takedowns. So we focused on like the basics of the single leg and, and the high crotch and double leg. So, and then this one's going to be a front headlock camp. So bait, like taking the people's back and headlock defense, anything like that. And then we're looking to do some, some more in the future. Like we're looking to maybe do like a defense focus one, like straight, strictly like takedown defense, like for guys who are strikers who want to keep it standing, that those are the guys who should really want to come to stuff like that. So we're trying to, pick themes out and and go from there now i want to get to that question i talked to you about before what is the big differences for wrestling for wrestling versus wrestling for mma or even wrestling for jiu-jitsu there's not a huge difference to be honest other than the fact that like in wrestling people don't go to their back so it's weird it's like if i were to let's say take someone down they would go to their stomach which is a huge no-no in fighting and, and, and jiu-jitsu because you take their back and stuff like that. So, so that's, I'd say that's the, pretty much the only, uh, the difference, obviously the ground game and wrestling is different too, with the turns and stuff and again, pinning. And so I think it's pretty much just that, just that like jujitsu, they're going to react a little different. They're going to be more willing to go to their back when you take, take a shot or something, because it being on your back is a huge part of jujitsu. So it, it almost makes teaching it easier because they won't, they, they'll, they'll more accept it more. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah exactly and in terms of now adding and striking with mma what tips would you give to somebody who wants to you know shoot a takedown and not get punched or kicked in the face um definitely definitely uh feints i'm a big a big on feints like uh like whether it be in striking or in wrestling like just like faking takedowns and coming up with head strikes or faking, you know, throwing some head strikes and dropping low for a takedown. So I think just being unpredictable is huge, right? Not telegraphing, not just shooting from outside in the open where you can get caught with a knee or something. I think that's, that's a big thing for me. Mm, okay. I understand. And almost talking a little bit about before, but what you're talking the importance of wrestling, what is your opinion on guard pulling in jujitsu? I mean, in the sport, because some people are like nasty from the back. So I like, if you're, if, if somebody like, like who's good at guard pulling and has amazing leg locks and stuff and that's their strength, like I don't see anything wrong with it. However, I wouldn't say that it would apply to, let's say like self-defense. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't want to do that. Let's say if, if uh, you were to get an altercation or a situation where you had to use your jujitsu knowledge, it'd be kind of a bad idea. And uh, I also don't, really like when some gyms and uh, this happens sometimes because the room's too small but they start on the ground so they start on their their back because i think every fight and every every match starts on the feet right and that that's that's again a big thing about our camp is that like you guys everything starts on the feet i i, I personally think even and I, again i'm thinking of competing in jiu-jitsu actually i was gonna mention that too um i i could 
probably beat some high, high level guys just with my wrestling. Just don't, you know, don't get subbed. I know enough not to get subbed. I could, you know, you could just take them down and you get your points for the takedown. So I, I think it's like a huge thing to be good at in, in wrestling, or sorry, in jiu-jitsu, uh, being able to take someone down. I, I think it's huge. And I'm, again, we come from a wrestling gym. Niagara Top Team is a huge wrestling gym. Like we don't, we don't really do any of that guard pulling and stuff like that. So we're pretty against it, but I can see the situations where it would be useful for some people, especially in gi. Yeah. I mean, that, that was something I had a little bit later on. So I'm going to hold off on that, but sure. um, how would you recommend people to start if they don't want to start on the ground, uh, if they have bad knees or bad back? Um, if they have bad knees or bad back, uh, maybe, maybe they, they should maybe work the bottom game like that. And that's fine. Starting from there. Like it, it's, it depends on basically your goals too. If you're, if you're doing jiu-jitsu, you know, cause you love the sport and grappling, like I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I, again, I, I, myself as a wrestler, which is weird. I enjoy playing off my back and looking for, for submissions from my back. Like, I think it's a really important thing to know in jiu-jitsu because anybody can take you down. You know what I mean? So it, you got to know what you're doing from your back. Um, so I, I think I don't see, I don't see anything wrong with it, especially if you're having like, uh, any injuries and stuff. Mm. And now the question I just kind of mentioned before, does wrestling um, interchange with some judo skills when the gi is put on? For sure. So the gi, it, it's, it's tough with the grips and stuff because it's like we're used to when we do hand fighting and wrestling, you know, it's no gi. So I'm used to grabbing wrists and collar ties and stuff. But And then I go and I do gi jiu-jitsu sometimes and I'll have a guy grab my, uh, my lapel or something. And I'm just like, you know, get off me. Like, I don't know how to can't break the grip so it's, it's it's a little different um but as far as like the judo and wrestling like i think wrestling is honestly like in my opinion superior to judo even with the gi on because in judo they stay so upright because you can't take their legs right so yeah. i find it's hard to do the all the sweeps and the uh throws they do unless you're standing upright so whenever i i, I do gi jitsu and i'm sometimes i I've, I've faced like in the room high level judo grapplers and because I have such a good base from wrestling, like I'm in my stance, I'm like solid, like a rock. It's really hard for them to move me. So then it's hard for them to get any throws off it. And then I, I can usually, you know, impose my will on them. So I do find it, I do find it still superior to, to judo, even with the gi on. And I think it's huge. Again, even in gi jitsu, I think it's huge. Mm. Do you think it's important to train in the gi for MMA? Um. I, I don't think it's important. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, aside from like maybe doing some some gi chokes. Maybe those are kind of not as useful. But like, I would definitely prefer no gi just because that's what you're going to be doing, right? So you're going to be grappling in MMA with no gi on. So I would I would I would say definitely prefer to do no gi. But like, I don't see anything wrong with doing gi, aside from the again the gi chokes and stuff. Mm. Yes. And I'm very curious about this. This was brought up a little bit earlier when you were talking about the high level room at Brock and how when you had the one on one training, you would ask the coaches there. How do you go about asking for help for a situation already knowing that you are very experienced and very knowledgeable on those positions? What's the best way that a coach would be able to help you or be able to help another person of that high caliber? Um, I'd say I'd say if the coach, you know, is watching you, then they can kind of pick stuff out. Cause there's, there's always little things that like, like, even if, even if I, I know what I'm doing, sometimes I'll still make mistakes. And that that's when the repetitive drilling is important. And that's when, again, I go in the room in the morning and I just drill it, drill it, drill it. So stuff like that. And then, and then being open to questions, like I'm a big question guy. Like, even if I, even if I understand it, I want to make sure I understand it. And so I'll ask questions that I might know the answer to, but I want to make sure that I know the answer is right. So I ask questions all the time. Like sometimes they, my coaches back then, Brock and even at Niagara Top Team joke about that. It's like after every like break, whenever we show a technique, I, you know, Ligard always has a question, like just making sure it's, it's done right and making sure that I'm understanding what's going on. So. And being a smaller guy, right. When you fought at 125 and even, even so much now, do you find that these combat sports are tougher on you or tougher on your body? No, I'll be honest, man. I think they're easier on my body. Just because, like striking to me, striking is I, I love striking because it's a lot more like freeing on the body. I don't have somebody's weight on me like in wrestling, so I find that really easy on the body. So and then grappling again, it's it's a lot easier than wrestling. So I think just 
being a wrestler for the past 10 years has hardened my body enough where now jujitsu and striking are super light on my body because I just endured, you know, the the stressors of wrestling. So because a lot of people I know in MMA in the room, the hardest practice of the week for them is like our Monday wrestling practice, the pro practice at 11 a.m. That's the hardest practice for them. And that's like I used to do that practice every day at Brock. So mm. I, I think I think personally, it's been a little easier in my body, actually. Mm, OK. I understand. I, 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 that actually fully makes sense, right? Because if you're used to doing something so hard and so difficult on your body and you move to something else that's maybe yeah, not taxing. For sure. Like jujitsu is a lot more relaxed, right? Like I know it's still hard for sure. Hard goes and stuff like it's a lot more relaxed, but like I, it's like it, it's not like wrestling where it's like you, you, every situation you're in, there's no time to relax in a guard, let's say, or something. It's like you're always struggling with somebody giving you back weight or something. And are you somebody who does personal training or yeah. Are you somebody who does personal training? Um, do you mean like weights and stuff or coaching? No, personal is in terms of like one-on-one. You're, oh, the, you're able sure. to help somebody else. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do that uh, at Niagara top team. Yeah. What would be the biggest tips that you would give to somebody who's just getting into wrestling or combat sports in general? I would, I would say repetition. That's, that's a big one. I think, uh, I think just cause let's say like you go to practice and then you, you learn something and you're like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I, I learned it and then you just go home and then you, you kind of forget about it. I, I find like repetition and even thinking about it, thinking about the stuff you learned and kind of like, and I'm big on journaling too, writing stuff down, like, like stuff like that. I think I would, that's the advice I'd give to someone. Journal. So do you journal after every practice? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Like, uh, just kind of, I write down the, the stuff I like, the technique, and it's kind of in my own words. Like, like if someone read it, it kind of wouldn't make sense to them. You know what I mean? I have my own kind of comparisons, like, or anything like, uh, just in my own words, pretty much how I would describe stuff. Like, I, I've, I've always been doing it. Like, even, even it's funny. I, uh, this past last summer, I found an old little booklet of me in back when I was at Western of the stuff I was learning. It's just like, holy, holy crap! This is, you know, like. 18 year old me just writing this stuff down trying to be the best I could be so I've always been doing it and I, I still do it and are you somebody that goes back and looks at this journal maybe it would be the next practice or the next week or etc try and better that technique or thought or anything along those lines for sure that, that's what the great part of journaling is is that it's there for you right 100 mm. percent. yes and now a couple last few questions before we get to the closing parts here um in terms of formulating a game plan for wrestling and the differences in formulating a game plan for MMA, how do you go about that? And is it, is it depending upon your opponent or are you more focused on your soul skills? So it's actually, it's funny you ask because it's, it's totally different in MMA. MMA, I find you game plan for the opponent because you know you're only facing this one opponent. So, but in wrestling, you go to a tournament, I might have to face five or six guys that day. So we don't really, I didn't game plan like much in wrestling you know like it wasn't much of a game plan maybe in my own head i kind of know okay this guy likes double leg so don't you know watch out for that or something like that this guy likes throws so stay low or something like that so it's there's some stuff but it's very like it is about me it's kind of like do the things i'm good at and the things i want to do like the you know process versus outcome kind of thing for wrestling and mma as well but mma it's like you can kind of you can watch this guy's former fights and see what he likes to do and what what kind of things he does so i find there's a lot more game planning especially uh especially with my coaches, like, like, it's like, let's say only a few athletes have a fight this, let's say on a Saturday and you're doing pads with your coach. And then like, you guys are kind of working something at working a plan out, like to execute at the, at the fight. So I did find that different, like a, a lot more game planning in MMA for sure. Okay. A couple last things before we get into this. Um, I'm very curious here. You mentioned your girlfriend's also a wrestler, a very high caliber wrestler. I mean, how did you meet her? So she's also from PEI. We, uh, we both, she was my, she was wrestling. Uh, she would have been in grade seven or eight, maybe. And I, I joined in grade nine and, uh, she was my first partner. We were the, she was, a, you know, we were the only two small people there. And then it was just like, I just jumped in and I had to wrestle her. And it's funny. She was like, uh, still like a, the leader in PEI, like the top, top dog in PEI there, like the girls. And she was like Canada games. We both went to Canada games together and she was like the hopeful to win that. And, I went and then I was as my first practice and I was beating her up. And then all the coaches were like, like Hannah, don't, don't let him like stop going easy on him. But she's like, I'm not like, this kind of came naturally to me. So I was like, I just right away, I was like, okay, I like this. And then we, 
you know, we were teammates and then we just kind of, you know, we started spending a lot of time together and then we knew we had the same goals and stuff too. So it just kind of worked out great. Like the fact that we're, you know, we're still together and achieving and chasing the goals together. Now, did she move to Ontario with you? Yeah. I'm, so I moved in grade 12, like I said, and then, uh, and then I was, I went to first year and she was in grade 12 when I was in first year. So we, we did the long distance, which kind of sucked. Right. So, but again, it's just part of the dream. We both had the dream and we both knew it had to be done. And then, then whenever we went, I went to Brock, we both went to Brock together. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy to find somebody with the, you know, same dream that you guys can both kind of, uh, try and help each other, push, push each other towards that goal. 100% like we help each other quite a bit like I'm still I go to the Brock room all the time just to train with her just to give her more you know a part like a, I'm you know I'm obviously a, a really good partner for her to train with we've, we've been partners for all our wrestling career and uh yeah still help her to this day like she she's leaving for Argentina tomorrow for the Pan Am Championships and you know I you know we're talking about the weight cut and we're I'm helping her with that we're doing it together you know I'm, I'm like you know giving her advice with that and stuff and then still just helping each other out in that sense and she obviously helps me out quite a bit too in, in my career so it, it, we're very lucky to have each other for sure wow that's incredible maybe i'll have to have her on the podcast i i totally recommend you do actually it'd be awesome for I'd sure awesome. um a couple of last things here before we kind of wrap up um how do you deal and i love asking athletes this question because the answer varies so much but how do you deal with wins versus losses and is there any difference in wrestling versus I mean, you haven't taken a loss in amateur MMA, but what do you think there would be? Uh, I, I, I'm, it's a good question. I, losses to me, they suck, but like, that's, I find I learned the most from those. I, I lost a lot before I started to win, like, especially coming from PEI. PEI, we had like barely any tournaments. We had like a couple tournaments a year and it was like, you know, like in New Brunswick, you had to drive over a couple hours and wrestle all, a bunch of other kids that who didn't have coaches and and training partners so it's like you know i'd go i was pretty good from pei so i'd go you know win all the matches and i'd feel great about myself and then i'd go to ontario for nationals and get my ass kicked by these ontario kids who have olympic level coaches and stuff so like i did it took a lot of losses before i uh i started to win for sure so i i think it's just i think the losses kind of motivate me quite a bit because i know that like all i have to do is just you know put my head down and work harder and then fix the things that went wrong there's a lot of things that went wrong you know maybe i made a mistake in a match and i'd make sure i don't make that mistake again i think that's a huge part of getting to the highest level is experiencing those kind of things like like losing and knowing how to handle that and then winning obviously you know winning's great but you can still learn from those two especially if it's a tight match or fight um as far as mma goes i don't think it would change it much unless i mean it'd be really hard i think to lose in a bad way, let's say like a knockout, you know, in front of my family and friends and girlfriend, I think that would be rough. Something that like, I haven't experienced obviously and hope I don't knock on wood, but like, it's something that like I think about, you know, as a fighter and it's, it's that, that's why I respect anybody who gets in the cage or ring. Cause I'm like, you know, you can get seriously hurt or embarrassed in front of everybody. Like in wrestling, it's like, okay, let's say you get, you get, you get beaten wrestling, get pinned or something. Not a big deal. You walk off the mat and you're upset about the loss, but nothing really harmed you. But in MMA, it's like you can get, you know, get seriously hurt and then everybody sees it. There's a lot more eyes in MMA too. Like in wrestling, it's 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 a shame though in Canada. Like it's just there's not as many like eyes on it, right? Nobody knows that the nationals are happening or that the Olympic trial. It's just like you just kinda like you're in an empty, empty gym or like like room or whatever it is, just wrestling. All of you are wrestling and nobody kinda knows it. Everyone's going about their day, but MMA is like you kind of promote it. You can kind of live stream all that stuff, right? So, so I think that that does change it a bit. But as far as the loss goes, either way, I, I think I think uh, just knowing that you can you can better yourself from the loss is what kind of drove me whenever I lost. Yeah, something kind of popped up there. Uh, first off, I love that answer. Um, what do you think Ontario or Canada or maybe both could do to help promote the sport of wrestling? uh honestly it's, a, it's hard like we we mean my like uh my roommates we 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 always talked about that back when i was wrestling we we all it was like a seven of us all wrestlers we used to live together um and then it just like maybe just more promoting on social media and stuff and getting more 
live stream and stuff and wrestling they're always trying to progress the sport to make it more interesting the rules have changed like almost every year just because they're trying to get it more interesting but it's just it's a hard sport to get out there because it's I, i'm not really sure why i mean it's not the most exciting sometimes but like whatever they're doing in jiu-jitsu that's that's what we gotta do as in wrestling because jiu-jitsu is getting huge like it's 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 getting big no geek grappling whatever it just and guys like Gordon Ryan and stuff are doing that, obviously. But in wrestling, it's it's not there yet. But I think one day it will be. But uh, I think following in their, those footsteps would be huge. Kind of last thing before I, I go off my closing questions here. Who are some of your favorite wrestlers to watch? Uh, like amateur wrestlers? Yes. Right? Uh, well, I mean, there's there's tons. Of, there's guys that like I, guys in Russia that I really like watching. Uh, guys in America, Iran, all like those are the top three countries. Um, I'd say my favorite would be the guy named Kyle Dake. He's an Olympic bronze medalist. We he's from Cornell Wrestling, and uh, we we trained. Uh, we go to Cornell a couple times a year at Brock. Again, that's another thing that I forgot to mention about Brock is that there's always opportunities for trips and training camps that they didn't have at Western. So we would always go to. It's in New York, uh, Cornell University, and there there's a and really really high level guys there and there's a guy named Kyle Dake there that I got the pleasure of training with a bit. He's a bigger guy, but like like got the pleasure of, you know, had given some gave me some pointers and stuff like that. So I'd say him. That's incredible. Now before I end off with my three closing questions that I ask all my guests, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think I should ask you? Um maybe maybe uh maybe more of my, my background if you're interested. Like uh like um like how I came to Canada and stuff. Cause I wasn't born here. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. No, yeah. I'd love to hear about that. So uh, I'm born in, it's a uh, Kosovo. It's a country in Europe. And then in, uh, in uh, 1999, there was a kind of, there was a war there between Serbia and Kosovo. And um, so in, yeah, I was four years old and then my parents basically just fled, fled the country. Just we're refugees, right? We had, we came to, came to Canada and, um, they basically came here with nothing but a suitcase and my, my brother and me in their arms like and that that to me like and they made a life for themselves back in PEI like they uh, they own a pizza business right now and you know with the house and stuff like they're doing great and like it kind of just showed me that even if you come from nothing like again they had like nothing when they came here no money didn't know it's a lick of English like and they still persevered and went through a lot and 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 made it you know made it did good, did well for themselves. So I think that really motivates me in my life, whether it be athletic or even future like job or whatever it be. It just like shows me that if you just work hard, good things will come. So. Mm, What, uh, what language did, do they speak? And do you speak? Yeah. Yeah. I do speak it. Um, it's, uh, we speak Albanian. Albanian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually going there this summer to visit and I plan on doing some, training there and some coaching there actually i've already contacted the the some mma, MMA gyms there wow i mean that was something I, I i wanted to bring up i mean have you been back to to um your home country? yeah we go every couple of years usually like i've been there and i've trained wrestling there before um but they have they have a good team there too so and again, europe is big big in wrestling like it, it's it's uh canada is one of the smaller wrestling areas like europe is like they love wrestling and they're so good at it. Like it's, they're, they're very good at wrestling. So it was, I go there like every couple of years and I, I go there, I've trained wrestling with the guys there. And then uh, now I plan on doing some MMA there. Yeah. And you mentioned that your parents came here with you and your brother, correct? Yeah. What's your brother doing nowadays? So he actually wrestled as well. He, uh, he wrestled after me. He went to university of New Brunswick. He, he wrestled just, he just wrestled like varsity for a few years and, uh, He's now he's just back there. He's back home living with my parents and working right now, just uh, working his job and stuff and with his girlfriend and stuff. So he's, he's, uh, he's doing well. I go back when I go back, I wrestle him all the time. It's funny. He's uh, my younger brother, but he's a lot bigger than me. He's like 90 kilos, like almost six feet tall. You know what I mean? Like it's even though he's younger than me, but yeah, we still train, train together. Every time I go back, he's huge in wrestling. He, he didn't, he didn't, he wishes he started earlier like me because he, he would have been very good as well started late but he's like his biggest like biggest like huge thing that he did in life he says is like i'm so happy i started wrestling because i've always asked him to do it always got him to come on man go try wrestling try that was but he, he's never did it when you were younger but then he did it in university he said it's like 
change his life, you know, just the work ethic and stuff. And I would say that about any combat sport. Like I plan on putting, you know, like having my kids try it out too. Cause like, I just think that like, it just, it just makes you, you show, it helps you confidence, your discipline and all that stuff. So I think anybody, everybody should do it. At, le- at least try it. Mm. That's kind of a question that I'm I'm curious about now that you brought that up is that in terms of kids, right? If, if your kid doesn't like to do insert combat sport, wrestling, jujitsu, doesn't matter. Are you somebody who would, who would kind of um, gently force them to do that even a certain number of times a week? Or would you be okay if they stopped it? No, I would definitely be okay. I, I want to make sure I, I play my cards right when that happens. Cause if you, if you do push them too hard, they'll hate it. Right. So you gotta, you gotta do that. Right. And if they don't like it, it's, that's fine. I personally, I, me and my girlfriend are pretty, pretty good athletes. So I assume, I don't know, we'll see. Again, if not, it's not a big deal either. But I assume my, my kids will also be great athletes. So whether it be a combat sport or a team sport, they would excel in either one of them. Like, I, And I feel like myself and Hannah, we could have done that too. I could have picked any sport really, aside from like something like, you know, where you have to be a lot bigger. But like as far as like the athleticism goes, I think any sport that they want to do, they could do well in. I personally just choose combat sports because, I like uh, I like that it's on you if it goes wrong. You know what I mean? Like a team sport, it's like you have to rely on people, which I personally sometimes don't like. Like let's say like I have to rely on someone to make make the shot. You know, when I, it's like I want to be the guy to do it because if I mess up, it's on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I like that about combat sports. It's individual, but that's also what makes it so stressful mentally. Like like I used to play rugby, um, and it just wasn't this like going to compete in rugby it's like you have all your boys and your team with you it's like it's, it's like you all share the load of the the anxiety and the nervousness so it's like it feels better but when in, i go into a wrestling match or a cage it's all on me everyone's watching just me so it's like way harder as far as that goes mentally what do you do when you when you get in that anxiety provoked state so uh, i i basically just um I, I make sure to you know do a lot of deep breathing and stuff and and don't let my mind just overthink of all the bad stuff that can go wrong. Cause that's really easy. It's really easy to just think about, Oh, what if I get knocked out in front of my girlfriend to be watching? You know what I mean? It's really easy to do that. But then I think just basically not letting myself do that. It's easier said than done. And then focusing on the positive and what can go right. And stuff like that. And it was a struggle for me. I actually uh, like, I think a big part of uh, coming from PEI, not having the tournaments that like guy like my teammates from Ontario had, like they'd wrestle every single weekend, whether it be like offsa, this and that, huge offset tournament like massive room 10 mats like meanwhile i'm in a tiny gym in nova scotia like once mm. or twice a year so like coming another as another reason I actually came to ontario was to get that that match experience that tournament experience competition it's totally different than the room right so i'd say i i like again about that edge i was talking about i've read so many books on like sports psychology and all that stuff just knowing that like it's a huge part of the game and, and just kind of tweaking it like with that arousal level, like some, like I've tried before, like being too calm, like listening to music, like, like right before the match where like, I don't even think about the match. And then I was too relaxed. I went to matches too relaxed where I didn't perform like I wanted to. Then I've been too amped up where I tried to amp myself up. I think everyone's different in that sense. And I think you have to kind of tweak it and find that out. So like, I kind of in the middle, I, I can't be too relaxed, but I can't be too amped up because I'm already kind of, the high strung guy where I, you know, I want, I want to do so well. I want to do well. I want to do well to the point where it can debilitate you. So I think everyone's, everyone has to just find that, that balance. Cause there's some guys who are so chill that they, they don't take it seriously. And maybe they need to amp up a little before. And I think just experiencing multiple competitions or even in the room, like whenever you guys do like sparring, like that's, you can simulate that in your head and make it like a, like the fight day. And so I think that's just, it's just practice is repetition of, of how you want, how you want your, mind to be when you perform yeah i had uh do you know who josh hill is yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, he's got cerebral champion i had him on he was one of my first episodes he actually spoke a lot about what you just spoke about there as well i've actually worked with josh yeah I, i've uh i've uh worked with cerebral before he, he's a he's incredible yeah no he knows he's, he knows his stuff and it, it's amazing to hear something like that from a guy like him who's been in the fight game for so long especially me starting you know i'm pretty pretty new to the fight game so like huge for my confidence and stuff just getting advice from him like that yeah well i think like you mentioned i think being in a combat sport even versus another individual sport like say tennis i think it's different due to the fact that you know in mma it's 
it's a fact that you may get serious damage, whether to your brain or to, you know, legs, whatever it would be, that you wouldn't necessarily have that in other non-combat individual sports like tennis. Yeah, 100%, actually. Yeah, I never, I never even thought of that, like, like for sure. Yeah, I know tennis is individual for sure, and I'm assuming they go through similar things, but I, yeah, I would 100% agree with you. When you have a black eye or you've got a, a, a swollen leg and other people can see, they they, they kind of have an idea as to what happened versus in tennis, if you if you don't know and, you know, you're no longer a wrestler, you're a tennis player and you lost a tennis match, it's it's very uncommon for the regular person to know. But if you're wearing a black eye, well, somebody knows you got punched in the face. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Anyways, I've got three questions here. I'm going to, I love to ask them. I'm so curious as to what your answers are. First question, what three qualities do you possess that make you successful? Um, I would say, uh, one, my discipline. I, I mentioned that about myself. Uh, discipline is big and, um, determination. Like I, I'm a guy who like, if I want something, I work hard as I can, as hard as need be to get it, whether it's achieving a goal in in sport or business or in, in work whatever it is I, I if i if i if i put my mind to it i feel like because I'm, I'm determined and i work hard i i can pretty much do anything i i i want like because of that mindset so i think that that's it and then and then uh, yeah obviously and then work hard work i think that's a big one too hard work i love that those are those are three things that <laughs> anybody can pick up tomorrow not only get better at but also improve their life with those three skills yeah, for sure. If you could go back in time, what is something that you would tell your younger self? Uh, tell my younger self just to probably just keep doing what you're doing. You know, like it's it's gonna work out because I'm a, again I'm a big I'm a, a big overthinker sometimes where I would like think about the outcomes and stuff like that, and whether it be ten years from now or whether it be the match this weekend or something. So I would probably just just continue with the process, trust the process and just keep doing what you're doing. Cause it's going to work out. I love that. This is another one. I'm very curious about what your answer would be specifically. What is something you do every day that you are proud of? Every day that I'm proud of, I think honestly, do you mean like lately or in general? Just in general, but it can be lately as well. Well, the past, like when did I start? Maybe, Maybe a few months ago, I started doing cold showers and I hate, like I hated them when I started it. Like I do it for a few minutes now. I started, started with like 30 seconds, which is nothing, but like, you know what I mean? I built myself up and I still do them. And like, I think that's a big thing I'm proud of myself for doing just because again, I, I think doing something you don't want to do every day, just doing it anyway is, is really big for my mind and mindset. So I'd say that's something for sure. Do you start or end your day with it? I start my day with it first thing in the morning. Wow. I love that. Um, any questions for me? Um, no, nothing really. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, actually I'm curious. Um, I seen you fought a couple weeks ago or something. I did. Yeah. yeah how'd that go? Uh, I got a unanimous decision loss. I think I won. Yeah. I seen you post about that. that that's un- uh, the judging sometimes in MMA, man. It, it's, yeah, well, I mean, an amateur, it's um, you're not losing half a paycheck. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> for sure. I think the the whole lead up is more important. The experience is more important than the actual result. Oh yeah, man, a thousand percent for sure. That's... You got hand raise. I got my hand raise. Obviously, being a competitor, you know it feels a lot better to get your own hand raised, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's, I, I, I do like ever since I met you at the camp and then also seeing your uh, podcast and stuff, I really, really respect your mindset and the way, the way you think and how you're kind of, kind of sh- like through your podcast and your Instagram or whatever it is, you're, you're kind of portraying that and like sharing it with others so they can kind of feel the same way. Like I, I, I was going to say, like, I respect that about you. I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Where can people find you and where can people get more information on the Precision Wrestling Camps? Uh, so we have our own Instagram, just Precision Wrestling Camps on Instagram. And then obviously my Instagram as well, just my, my full name. 
is that the best place for people to reach out to you for uh, personal training as well? Yeah, I'd say for sure. Yeah, Instagram. Awesome. Well, don't be surprised if I uh, I slide in and try and get uh, something from you. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks for coming on. You have a great night. Okay, man. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Also, guys, please don't forget, subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you guys listen to your podcast. Make sure you guys get the updates on more episodes as well. Facebook page, Instagram, and now also, guys, super happy, finally got around on the bandwagon, TikTok. Yes, all those will be in the description below as well.